Hello, welcome to the Abiding Women podcast. I am your host, Erica Cripps, artist and owner behind Abide Goods. I create hand-lettered scripture to fill your home with the truth of God's word and encourage you to draw closer to him. So here we go. What does it mean to be a Christian woman? Has it changed since the the Bible was written? Does being a Christian woman in 2021 mean something different than it did when Jesus walked the earth? What does femininity mean to me from a biblical view? And how does that practically affect my life? What is submission? Am I doing it right? What does the Bible say about being a woman? How do our roles differ from men? Should I wear makeup? Should I start wearing dresses all the time? What about head coverings? These are all questions that I've been (laughs) struggling through and wondering about recently because there is a lot of chatter about these topics in the Christian realm and also in the secular realm, specifically on Instagram that I've seen recently. And a lot of times when I see other people with thoughts on topics, it spurs me on to make a decision for myself on these issues which is a good thing. Sometimes I let it overwhelm me at first and confuse me, but when I do the work of going to the Word and asking God to help me discern right from wrong, it it becomes a catalyst for uh, seeking truth, and I am really appreciative of that. Instagram can definitely be a giant hole for for all things time-wasting and anxiety and obsession and so many other things, but um, it also can be used for good. So one of the first things that came to my attention uh, recently, recently pertaining to being a woman, is head coverings. So growing up, I was taught, and it is still taught in my church, um, that head coverings are a cultural thing and that we don't need to wear them now. I felt quite compelled to start studying this. And so I went to 1 Corinthians 11 and studied that out for myself. And then I studied all of 1 Corinthians, then 2 Corinthians, and honestly, I'm still not sure what I think. But along the way of reading this part specifically, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since it is the same 
as if her head were shaven. For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man nor man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. So when you read that, it's very clear that there is a hierarchy in God's design. Now, does that mean, actually, let's go back to Genesis for a moment. So in the Bible, we can look back to the beginning of when a concept or theme or um, anything is introduced to see how it is going to be patterned throughout all scripture to kind of to see how things are represented from a biblical lens throughout the rest of scripture. So let's look at women in Genesis, aka Eve. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God created both men and women in his image. And because of this, we are all humans. Every single human is given the same inherent value. We are image bearers of God. So that verse I just read was Genesis 1, 27, and Genesis 2 is basically that verse blown up. So it gives a whole lot more detail. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was his name. And man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So again, there's clearly a difference between the man and the woman, the job, the role of the man and the woman, the design in God's design, his perfect design for man and woman but there's no distinction in value, right? After God created man and woman, he called his creation very good. We were created with inherent value because we are created by God to be image bearers of himself. And so then, of course, we messed it up and Adam and Eve sinned 
To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, and he shall rule over you. So, just because we hold the same value does not mean that we are the same. Men and women have different roles. We were created for different purposes. That is God's design. And as I was reading specifically in the first Corinthians 11 passage, I was extremely convicted because I thought I was good at being a submissive wife. (laughs) So funny, eh? Um, Because who really is? But anyway, and the Lord revealed to me all these different ways that I was actually really not in spirit and just in ways that I would hold my ground with my opinions and not letting my husband take the lead and stuff like that. And it's hard because it is countercultural. I believe that the submission and the womanliness um, that God is calling us to or he has designed us to be it's been eroded through the years and even in the church it's not valued as much as God puts value on it I, I think in my personal opinion not, and not to blame shift or anything this isn't anyone's fault but my own um, but I felt like I was being a submissive wife because I I guess by whatever standards that I had been seeing or taught, I was good. But I felt convicted that I was being called to a higher standard. One that truly saw my husband as the head. And one that would encourage him to step into that role that God has called him to. When I try to be the leader in many ways that I was trying to. Um, I'm not allowing him to do that, and therefore neither of us are fulfilling our roles in our home and our family to the extent that God has designed for us. And all this is a process, of course, and obviously me sharing this with you, I've not arrived now. Like this is a recent development. I am working on this every day. Okay. So after I had been thinking about this submission issue for a while, then I started coming across more interesting things on Instagram that have made me think. I saw recently a bunch of posts from Christian women who were saying, explaining their reasoning behind why they have chosen to primarily wear skirts and dresses. And the reasoning was something that I had never heard explained before. And it was so interesting to me. There were, each, each woman had various reasons, but all of them came back to the fact that as women, we have been designed to be feminine. And 
in wearing dresses and skirts, these women were stepping into that femininity in a deeper way than they were before. This was really interesting to me because, well, one, I'd never thought about it that way. And two, I've been trying to figure out what my style is, like what I like to wear and trying to thrift clothes that just, you know, just trying to figure out what feels good, what's comfortable and practical and all that. And honest to goodness, dresses and skirts are seriously the most comfortable clothes on the planet, (laughs) in my opinion. So I haven't made this switch yet but and it's uncomfortable you know I especially since I'm not I don't wear dresses and skirts all the time right now so it would be it would seem out of place like I was trying to like draw attention to myself which is really more vanity in my part than anything but as I got thinking more about this and just embracing your femininity I was convicted on another point Um, so I realized with the Holy Spirit's help that I had been, um, idolizing the fact that I don't wear makeup and being judgmental to those who do. And this sounds horrible. It's horrible to admit. And it was always a thought that I was like, um, whenever I like had those judgmental thoughts I'd be like oh Erica like don't be like that whatever but I never really got down to the root of the idol that was causing those thoughts and when I kind of had that different perspective of like oh my goodness makeup could really be a tool to look more feminine and to to embrace my femininity to a fuller extent is makeup bad or good absolutely not either way really but it's always, it's about the motive behind it. So my motive in not wearing makeup was, well, practically speaking, because I don't want to put it on and wash it off every day. But also was just, I don't know, my, I thought I was being not vain by not wearing it, but in my quote-unquote lack of vanity, I was really being vain. The Lord revealed to me this idol, and I can see now how makeup can be used in a good or bad way, depending on what you do with it, of course, as anything in life can be. Someone could use it to hide their natural face due to their idols of fear of others' opinions or discontentment, or they could use it to draw attention to themselves because of some deep-rooted fear in themselves. Or it can be used to express yourself creativity creatively <laughs> with the creativity that God instilled in you as an image bearer or as we as I mentioned to enhance your feminine features. So it's all about the heart and we can ask ourselves is there an idol behind why i wear it how i wear it or how i don't i don't think this is something that i ever really <laughs> thought i would be thinking about like i'm oh, i've been someone who never wears makeup but this is really freeing almost to release myself from that 
idol and that expectation that I had myself that I can't wear makeup. So ridiculous. Oh my goodness. There's so much more to this topic, of course, but these are the things that I've been stewing on more recently. I'd like to read Proverbs 31, 10 to 31. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done exceedingly, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Now, if if I don't excel at any of these things, does this make me any less of a woman? Of course not. This is not about perfection, right? We all know that we're not going to be perfect. But no matter what stage of life we're in, we can strive to be more of who God is calling us to be. So my job is to pray, seek him, read his word, and ask him to show me what he wants me to do. So what do you think? I'd love to know because, well, I just would. (laughs) I'd like to have a conversation. So send me a message on Instagram or email me erica at abidegoods.com. E-R-I-C-A at abidegoods.com. I'd love to chat about it. The Sila collection is still in the works. If you'd like to see sneak peeks of that and updates, you can sign up for my email newsletter at bit.ly forward slash abide studio letters or look me up on Pinterest at abide goods. There are still some prints left in the shop of my watercolor scripture art that is 50% off right now and when it's gone it's gone and it's most likely the lowest price you'll ever be able to get from a print for me because I'm so excited I'm going to be somewhat upgrading to no not somewhat like totally upgrading to uh G clay prints which are professional quality and the color and the detail is just going to be so much better it's good right now but it's going to be artist quality so yeah anyways i'm excited about that go 
to abidegoods.com if you want to get those prints 50% off. Also, one last thing, if you would like a custom scripture art for your home, for a gift, for your kids' bedrooms, also go to abidegoods.com and click on the customs link, the customs listing, and I would love to make your dreams come true. (laughs) All right, thank you so much for listening. I hope this was encouraging to you. Please do send me a message or an email if you have thoughts on this. Even if you disagree, I'd love to know and talk about it. Thank you so much for listening.